this week on a very special mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer, we're pitching our very own Predator Versuses. Hello and welcome to another mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm Jonathan Rooney-Taylor. And once again, you found a smack dab in the middle of Into the Bromleyverse! A four to eight week exploration <laughs> of the favorite films of Patrick Bromley. After we made him uh, 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 experience the, the the quadrilogy of Rebuild Evangelion. That's not really important to what we're doing today. I just wanted to say it. I think the reason that Patrick didn't connect with the Ava movies the same way we did is that he did not get to see any of the television show, which means he missed out on one of the best opening credit sequences of all time. And one of the great theme songs in television history. Yeah, yeah. So why didn't they use it for the movie? Uh, because tonally, it would make no sense. <laughs> I mean, in the context of the show, it barely holds on. It is the peppiest of, like, J-pop, like... Uh, we'll watch it when we're done recording yeah. here. Yeah, right, you'll right. get it. It's, it's impossible fair. to explain. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so this week, hot off the heels of last week's full episode where we discussed Predator 2, this week we're going to be discussing something very near and dear to all of our hearts. See, the Predator's been around for a very long time, and as we know, it is versus the aliens. But as you might not know, it is also versus people like Batman and, I believe, RoboCop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the Predator's versus a lot of people, but we... Ourselves are going to choose who we want the Predator to versus. We're making our own Predator versus. And we're going to go around the horn right now. John, who do you want your Predator to versus? Jean-Luc Picard. (laughs) Predator V Next Gen. I want Jean-Luc Picard to be stranded on an alien world. His communicator gets broken. His phaser doesn't work against the Predator. He's got to outwit the Predator with traps and cunning. And, like, gradually through the course of the episode, his uniform gets more and more tattered until he's a man on the brink of madness. (laughs) Just like the end of First Contact. Yeah! When by the end of it, he's wearing a sleeveless shirt and he's, like, all ripped. That is always my favorite Picard, is when they uh, ill-advisedly try to turn him into Kirk for some reason. Yeah. Because it never works, but it's always... Amazing. <laughs> he is he is weirdly jacked yeah. in first contact. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right, isn't he? Like when he at the end when he basically like rips like he goes full Kirk, like he's got guns, man. Yeah. yeah. And pecs. It's crazy. So I'm saying, man, I, I always I, I think the best episodes of Next Gen were always the ones that either isolated or focused on Picard and like some sort of like an inner turmoil mm-hmm. of like a uh an inner conflict that he has to overcome. Or if he's just stranded in a weird planet and he's got to just, like, fucking figure it out like the book Hatchet. <laughs> <laughs> how that one. How long... Uh, how, how many... Let's, let's say percentage of episodes running time. Let's assume this is an episode of Next Gen. Sure, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Picard v. Predator. Sure. Predator v. Picard. What percentage of that episode's runtime, the 40-whatever minutes, is Picard trying to find a diplomatic situation? Sure, yeah, no. At first, he absolutely tries to... So he he encounters the Predator, and they have a scuffle. And then, for some reason, he's able to, like, get through with his cunning, and he loses the Predator, and then he's got to, like, 
spend the night thinking about how he's going to approach the situation. He definitely comes up with some sort of non-lethal way to, like, trap the Predator and attempt a communication with it. Yeah, right. He would well, have the, to. And the Predator starts, like, playing back what he's saying in that stupid audio file recording. Yeah. He's like, oh, I think I'm making progress with this. I think... You know, and then uh, Jean-Luc goes hunting and he catches some food and he cooks it and he tries to give some of it to the predator, but the predator won't eat. The next day, the same thing happens. Piles of uneaten (laughs) cooked meat just come up in the predator's cell, whatever it is, and he's just refusing to eat until finally, late at night, Jean-Luc Picard, he starts just talking to the predator. He tells him about his family in France and how they expected him to take over the vineyard, but it wasn't in his blood. He needed to taste the stars to have adventures. And for a moment, the Predator connects with Jean-Luc, and he reaches out his hand, and Jean-Luc gives him a piece of meat. And he's like, all right, okay, you and me, we're going to get out of this together. He slowly unlatches the cage, and oh no, they fight! (laughs) Jean-Luc Picard finally gets the better of him, clubs him with like a fucking rock or something, because the Predators can actually die super easy most of the time. Oh yeah, they're just as frail as we are, without their armor. You know, he has a moment though where he's just like, but there was life here. There was life here and it's gone now. And I did that. <laughs> and and he, then he screams out, no! Yeah. He gets rescued by the Enterprise, but then he's up in his private quarters, and he's, you know, he won't tell the story to anyone. Everyone's like, what happened down at that planet? He's just like, oh, nothing. I just, you know, my survival training, and I just ate food, and it's fine. But clearly he's shaken. And then he goes back to his quarters, and he's deep in thought. Earl Grey, hot. He's drinking his tea, trying to calm his nerves. <laughs> Beverly Crusher, his only true friend and confidant, the one person who knows him even better than Rikard knows him, comes up and says, Jean-Luc, I know that something happened on that planet. What do you want to tell me? He wordlessly gives her the blood-stained rock. (laughs) And the doors close between them. Nice. Nice. This is clearly season two or three afterwards, because Gene Roddenberry would not let that shit happen. Gene Roddenberry's version of Jean-Luc gets down there. The Universal Translator works perfect. Of course. And then Picard and the Predator like skip through a field of killing flowers. That is great. Don't yeah, I like that one. I like that one. Yeah, hire me to write old episodes of Star Trek Next Generation. <laughs> Ron D. Moore or whoever. Or new episodes of Star Trek Picard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Old Picard can fight a Predator. They <laughs> yeah, can. Uh, Patrick. If old Riker can make that pizza pie. <laughs> it's practically the same. <laughs> uh, Patrick, who do you want to see your Predator versus? I'm going Ghostbusters. Whoa. First, it's all a bunch of unexplained deaths that weren't caused by regular weapons. The feds are clueless. The police are clueless. They call in the Ghostbusters. Because they're ready to believe you. That's right, they are. And they got all that fancy Ghostbusting equipment. So they're chasing around the Predator, looking through their goggles and finding ways to find him and shooting him with their, uh, with their blaster packs. But nothing's working. So then they realize the Predator's actually alive. And so then they break out the happy slime. 
They lure the predator into a room. They cover him in the happy slime. Little Jackie Wilson kicks up, and we end it on a huge dance number. All four Ghostbusters and the Predator in the middle, Bollywood style, shaking it down. Ooh, and Rick Moranis shows up too. Oh fuck yeah! And Annie yeah. Potts is back. Oh, for the number, you gotta bring everybody in for the big number. It cuts away to Slimer just shoving food in his face. Right, and, yeah. but kind of like in time. You know what I yeah. mean? He's like dancing with it. Real quick sidebar: How fuck? stupid is it that for the new Ghostbusters movie they make a new ghost whose whole thing is like oh he's hungry and he eats a lot he's called Muncher (laughs) (laughs) you already had Slimer you fucking idiots what are you doing that's unfortunate is there I haven't seen it is there an explanation in movie for where that first the reason Slimer can't be there Mark or does Slimer show up at the end and fuck Muncher here's the thing scientifically speaking Nobody saw that movie. <laughs> oh, gotcha. It was that it's movie. a Schrodinger's movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I dare you to find someone who's seen that movie. I didn't even know it was out yet. Yeah. Is it on streaming somewhere? Is that mm, what they're doing? Not yet. No. I don't think so. Okay. No, I think it was theaters only. Uh, yeah. I it 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 fucking looked bad. Hey, you know that series of real goofy, high concept comedies from the eighties? What if it made you cry? <laughs> Fucking no! The first movie has a blowjob ghost in it! You can't make me cry about this franchise What is that has a blowjob ghost. What did they just let the ladies do a second one? Yeah, correct. Because too many fucking fat white beardos, which unfortunately describes me, <laughs> but is not me, got mad that they got fucking... Peanut Ladies? butter girls and their chocolate Ghostbusters. Oh, Here's the thing. That movie was fine. Its problem was that it was that like half improvised, half written, kind of like too long by 30 minutes style of comedy. I think its big problem for me was just that it shouldn't have been a complete reboot. It should have just been like, these people are the Ghostbusters now. Those other guys are yeah. fucking old. There, there was no reason to reset the continuity. Well, the or you could have just then, had them be the Ghostbusters franchise in a new city. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't yeah. even have to be like they replaced these guys. You could just do it somewhere outside of New York. For it, fucking Christ's sake, it anybody. It takes so long for them to actually get to the Ghostbusting part of that because they have to rediscover and explain all, right, that, all stuff. that stuff. Yeah. And yeah, the villain just wasn't very strong. But like, yeah. the cast had chemistry. And if oh, you yeah. cut out the like fucking 40 minutes it takes for that Bill Murray cameo to play itself out it's a pretty solid story yeah, yeah. Chris Hemsworth yeah, I mean, like, amazing in it no, he's doing a great job Chris Hemsworth as dumbest himbo alive is yeah. amazing but yeah the Ghostbusters themselves it's like a mediocre movie that's kind of funny and that's totally what the new one is it's a mediocre yes. movie and it's kind of sure. funny oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'd even say it's pretty funny yeah um. So yeah, actually, I like that Predator versus Ghostbusters. That's good. Don't forget the Bollywood number and the Bollywood number, of course. That's the whole thing hinges. Uh, Mark, <laughs> who do you want to see Predator versus? Mine is going to be probably the the most um basic. Let's just say that it's basic. I want Predator versus Frank Castle, the Punisher. Oh, uh, but here's the twist. The Predator is now the prey, and Frank Castle has come to Planet Predator to do what oh, Frank Castle does. So, the way I see it is, because whenever Frank Castle is only good in the comics when he is doing, like, shit way outside the, like, punching drug dealers in the face. Like, in Jason Aaron's Thor, he goes 
between like the nine realms of like the Norse war, like the world tree, and fucking up like frost giants and dark elves and uh, like fire goblins and shit. It's awesome. Or there's the time that Frank Castle was murdered by Wolverine's son and turned into a Frankenstein and yes. went around the world shooting monsters. So here, yes, Patrick, his name was Frankencastle, and it's literally <laughs> the best Punisher's ever been. Uh, so in this. A predator comes to town, he kills somebody in, predator, in Punisher's New York City, and god damn it, you don't commit crimes in Frank Castle's New York. So Frank Castle sees the spaceship leaving. So finally there's a strong-willed leader who's ready to <laughs> clean up the streets. Thank you, yeah, Mark. He's going to make the trains run on time <laughs> and get rid of all the undesirable. Jesus. <laughs> I really hope you listened to last week's last week's full episode for the context of that. <laughs> or uh, if you just listen to the minis. Thank you, I guess. Yeah, sure. way to be here for the short ones, team. So Frank Castle immediately steals like an Avengers Quinjet and <laughs> some Fantastic Four unstable molecules for a suit and shoots off into space and follows the Predator to Planet Predator where he systematically wipes out all of the Predators. <laughs> I just hope that he drives his van around the planet Predator. Oh yeah, he absolutely has oh, yeah, the right. Punisher battle van in yeah. the back of the Quinjet. <laughs> is he taking Microchip with him? Microchip is there with him, making yeah. all sorts of new, like, pr- like he steals Predator technology and reverse engineers it into new Predator guns oh, nice. from the Punisher, so the Punisher becomes the Predator. Ooh, and then he kicks down the door to like the god king of the Predator planet, and it's Jigsaw. <laughs> no, at the end, the after the after the Punisher wipes out every single predator, the women and children too. <laughs> he comes about. We we cut back to Earth, and Tony Stark is in the Avengers headquarters. He's like, where did I put that Quinjet? And it comes back, and it lands, and out of the Quinjet steps Frank Castle, wearing the Predator helmet, the little gun on the arm or whatever. And then Tony Stark just shoots him dead. <laughs> And that's the last time we ever have to see Punisher. Yeah. That's probably fair. Except for Cosmic Ghost Rider, because that's kind of cool, too. <laughs> yeah. Frank Castle is the last person alive, you see. And then he becomes the spirit of vengeance after he dies. But also, he becomes the Herald of Galactus. <laughs> because he doesn't want him to eat to Earth. So he becomes the Cosmic Ghost Rider, you yeah, see. And he sense. goes around the, the cosmos doing Ghost Rider things. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, so that's going to do it for this mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm still Jonathan Rooney-Taylor. And we'll see you next time. Good day. Pew, pew. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney-Taylor, and Mark Rosendahl. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts from, and leave us a rating or review. You can check us out on Facebook, find us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.